Welcome into round two of the FCS playoffs here on Inside the Nest. We're going to break down that 48-21 win for Kennesaw State over Davidson and then get you set for the old rivalry renewed East Tennessee State versus Kennesaw State in round two of the FCS playoffs. Nolan Alexander, Brandon Sutton, Barkley Miller, Jordan Griffith, those are your four here today. We will be joined by safety Cole Loden in our student-athlete spotlight. Spoke to Cole beginning of the year. It'll be fun to catch up with him and see in his eyes how this season has progressed. It's all coming up here on Inside the Nest. Brandon Barkley, JG here with Nolan. Guys, 48-21 on the second play of the game for Davidson. The Wildcats turned it over. Who else? Evan Thompson popped on it. Kennesaw State go scores to go up 7-0. Eventually a 20-0 lead for the Owls in a game that going in, since Kennesaw State was not awarded with a bye, we were all hoping, nobody else said this, we were all hoping, boy, it would be great if Kennesaw State can get out to an early lead, not really feel stressed out about this game, potentially get some guys some rest, and in a lot of ways, that happened. Credit to Davidson. The Wildcats fought for four quarters. They've got some pieces. They punch above their weight out of the non-scholarship PFL. Want to commend yeah. Coach Abel and his program. But the Owls came out and did what they were supposed to do early on, had that cushion, able to rest guys towards the end of the ball game. And for the most part, it seems like as good as they can be. Hopefully some other guys come back from injury against ETSU this Saturday. But just an incredible start. We got to see the Owls come out early, and we got to see them score often. It was really exciting to see because – not only did we get to see these Owls perform at a really high level from the offensive side of the ball, we also got to see a lot of these younger Owls get an opportunity, get in the ball game, and get some experience. So, And we're going to be able to see that come into effect going forward, even though we have seen the injury bug a little bit. But just being able to go forward into this as we go deeper into these playoff games, having guys that may need to come out to the game for uh, a blow or two, and just being able to say, hey, we, we don't need to worry. We have some young guys that have been able to get some actual playoff reps that can jump into a ball game at any given time. You see, it, it's a needed thing every year. Mm -hmm. Look at your North Dakota States, your South Dakotas, all these teams that uh, – your Sam Houston's, all these teams that continually play for the national championship. It's not just those – couple's key starting guys that they have making plays. It's other guys that are deeper, lower down on the depth chart that are able to come in a game and be effective playmakers for them. Yeah, Brandon, you're right. I mean, you look at it, Kennesaw State's offense did such a great job opening up the game and in every facet. They passed the ball really well. Shepard going four for five for 115 in a tutty. You look at Kyle Glover getting things rolling, freight train himself, nine attempts, 71 yards with a long of 20. You can't ask for more out of your B-back. We would love to see him hit the century mark, but as we saw, after that lead started growing, they definitely started putting in some younger faces and seeing some other guys get some carries, which is always good to see. You know, especially reps in a playoff game, in a playoff situation like that, not something you usually get a lot of. So that, that speaks a lot to the future, and I, that made me really proud of the guys. And then on top of that, you spoke to it a little bit, the dominant defensive performance. Yeah, they gave up. 14, but really oh, 21 special teams, but defense gave up 14. Uh, but you look at that, and that was really only two missed tackles. A linebacker not filling his hole on the backside. That's what's so dangerous about that option look that Davidson does come in with. So we definitely had to pay respects to that with the two missed tackles going for long touchdowns. But, man, besides that, they dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. And Got away early with a win and got to rest a few guys later in the game. It was nice to see. 
Yeah, you couldn't have asked for any more for Kennesaw State. And I, I think right as that second play for Davidson happened, Kennesaw State jumps on the fumble. Barkley, we talked about it pregame. With two teams that run the option, those possessions are even more valuable because Rayleigh are going to get that turnover and they get, get the ball right back because that team is probably going to go on a five-minute drive and they're going to likely score. Davidson, a very good triple option team, like you said, Nolan, punching out of their weight class, and they did a heck of a job. I mean, Kennesaw State is should have been a seed once again. You know what? That's the last time I'm going to say it, last time I'm going to bring <laughs> it up because now we're past it. It doesn't really matter anymore. You won't but have to say it after this weekend. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But, hey, we're talking Tennessee. Yep. We're talking, talking Tennessee, Tennessee, exactly. Morgan no, <laughs> But the the fact that Kennesaw State was able to just dominate every facet of that game, especially in the first quarter, they got that game out to a ginormous lead to where you kind of could just sit back, run the ball a little bit, and, and eat up some clock. And once again, get some guys some experience. I mean, Murph played. D'Angelo Hardy played. I mean, I don't think anyone can say that going into a playoff game. All three quarterbacks are going to play today. Yep. That's that's something that you don't ever hear, and they did Kennesaw State. I mean, that's something special that they did on Saturday, guys. Well, hearing the front four hit the tackling dummies <laughs> behind us, they're getting after They got after it Saturday. And I kind of compare it to this. It's like in the World Series when you're able to get a lead and you throw some pitchers out there, your starting pitcher, and then you don't have any stressful pitches. You're pitching with a 7-1 to lead in the fifth inning as opposed to a 3-3 ball game, and there's yeah. everything riding on a pitch. Not as many stressful pitches. So I'm hopeful that that will help Kennesaw State this Saturday against ETSU. Want to shout out the young guys. It didn't go for a touchdown, but how about that attempt by Carter Pinholster in the end zone on fourth down, no man's land. It's like, hey, you don't want to kick a field goal here. Let's just let a young guy try to make a play. That was a phenomenal grab by Carter. Didn't get one foot inbounds, but looking ahead, that the receiving core coming back next year, you'd have Hill and Pinholster's a guy that I think in some ways could be Hill. He's done really well in practice, kind of waiting for his opportunity. The future looked good for Kennesaw State. Oh yeah, and just building off of just that one cat, that uh, missed catch for uh, Carter Pinholster on Saturday. Yeah, I, that really shows how athletic that kid is. Mm -hmm. he, he's if he continues to get his opportunities and just continues to work at practice, that's we're going to be able to see that that catch. He's going to be making a lot more of him here in the future. Shoot, guys, I mean, just like what you said, we saw the young guys compete against Davidson's ones. They never took out their first team. So, And Davidson was a legitimate playoff team. Like you said, I think the score was due to missed seeding and other things, but we got to see the young guys compete against a legit playoff Davidson team who had their ones in, and they still looked good. That is so exciting for the future. Like Carter's a name that comes up. Uh, the kid that transferred out of Navy, Martz, he comes up. I mean, he had a he had a great game carrying the ball. Obviously, we got Murph Magic, seen him before, but Hardy ran the offense a lot better than I thought he would. Not that I thought he'd do bad, but I mean, he's so young, he's new to the offense, mm -hmm. and he he made some of the right checks. He went through his development. It was it was nice to see. Brandon noted a little bit during the game. The offensive line may have struggled a little bit getting their checks, but Coach Chestnut's going to get them right in time. <laughs> hey, but, but you know what? With those guys going out there and all of that stuff, him hitting the fire and it, it built a lot of confidence for these young guys. So next time anything like that were to come up in these situations, if your number gets called, these younger guys that got the opportunity to play, they're, that little that worry, that the, the shiver that goes down your spine, it's not going to be there as much because, hey, I've played in a playoff game before. I know what to expect going in. Like, hey, if my number's called, I'm ready to go. This is just another day. Yeah, well, once again, not as much talking about the young guys, but talking about the quarterback room. I mean, Kennesaw State has struggled with quarterback health in the past. It's just, it's just something that's been on their back for a while. You put in Murphy, 
just in case if anything happens, you can go to him, and he's a little warmer than he would if he's just now coming into a playoff game for the first time in ah, what's the last game he played. I mean, it's been it's been that long to where now he's a little bit warm. In case you need him, obviously no one's hoping for that at all. But, I mean, he's able to sling the ball and, and, and get a deep pass and get that confidence going. And also with the young guys, like you guys said, I mean, Kennesaw State is really set up for sustained success. And I look at it this way, too, because I think you have to look at it from the best possible lens. Sometimes teams have a bye week, even though it's it's much needed. And then they come back, and it takes them a little bit of time to get back in the rhythm of the game. They're a little bit off, temp off timing, yeah. whereas – I hope for Kennesaw State, you had those reps this year, this week, these game reps, and that keeps you in rhythm for this weekend. And one place that's really been in rhythm the past two weeks has been the slot room. We spoke to I and Mike, Mike Cousin, and Dale Luadelike last week. Well, they go back out this week. Those two, Nikeem Farrow, Sonny Smith, KSU, back-to-back -back weeks has had a lot of success when it comes to pitching the football. From the player point of view, why has that been the case? Well, for me personally, I believe that to start with, that was mostly a testament to that strange front we saw from Davidson coming into the ballgame on Saturday because we're used to seeing a tight box eight-man front, but the way they were playing their stacked linebacker dogs in that scenario, just even though we're used to, we're used to seeing them in uh, tight quarters like that, but the way they were just shooting them upfield, not really feathering as much to control the line of scrimmage, I mean the edge of the line of scrimmage, it, it was very odd to me, and it just allowed us the ability for our slot backs to not only just out-leverage them, but keep contained, keep control, which just allowed us to keep bouncing the ball to the outside, and the more they tried to refix themselves and get to the outside, it just opened the inside up for Kyle Glover and the rest of the two backs. So you said dogs there. Barkley, you said that a lot in the broadcast. Educate the listener. When, when you say dogs, what are you referring to with the defense? So for a triple option offense in our option count, we refer to one, two, and three a lot. And so when you have a linebacker that stacks himself behind a down lineman, we'll call that either a stack or a dog, depending on where he wants to stand. If he wants to stand directly behind the um, behind the lineman, we'll call him a stack. If he stands outside or to the hip of that lineman, we'll call him a dog. Okay. And by dog is just like, you know, he's got his ears up. He's ready to go. He could come straight off the ball. He could drop back in coverage. you got to be ready. you got to have, have your eyes on him to know what he's going to do. Well, if it's like my dog, he would just sit there and, and you would tell him to come and he would run the opposite way. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah, even, even for the defensive guys. And that's, that's what I was going to say. Even on defense, it's called a dog still. Whenever you run the triple option, it's kind of terminology i guess it's gone through the generations mm -hmm. and it's because like brandon was kind of alluding to you have that freedom whenever you're there you can either play the dive you can play the quarterback or you can go all the way out and feather out and play the pitch that's why the dogs are dangerous but if you play it like that that weird look that davidson was given it kind of made it predictable in my mm -hmm. opinion i mean that's mm -hmm. what it made it pretty easy for shepherd and murphy and hardy all of them to make a decision on whether they're going to just turn around and give it to the b-back or if they're going to try to get out to the perimeter or a-backs well, Kennesaw State wins in the first round over Davidson, 48-21. Head coach Brian Bohannon becomes the Big South's all-time winningest playoff victory coach with five playoff victories. His 63 all-time victories ties David Bennett of Coastal Carolina for the most in Big South history. So, guys, it sets the stage where y'all were in Johnson City, Tennessee, home of Bohannon and KSU's first victory and a chance to become first place all-time in Big South victories with 64. Tell us a little bit about the history between these two programs. Bad blood. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's one way to put it. I think this is like this is this is this is like a storybook moment, honestly, because to think that all like all those years ago we started this program back up playing ETSU and now flash forward all a few years and now Coach Bo with 
the winningest Big South coach and the winningest playoff record in the Big South going back to ETSU once again to potentially become the all-time winningest coach. I think this this kind of historic moment, it, it's very historical. It just speaks to how far this program has come over these few years and just what what Coach Bohannon's been able to do in that time. Yeah, man, if it was a book, they'd say it's fiction. You know? <laughs> I mean, like, just be honest, it, it's the perfect story. We're going back to East Tennessee State. I don't know about you, Brent. I'm super excited about that. Me personally, there's a lot of bad blood between these two teams. You look at the SOCON in general, everyone just talks about the SOCON all the time you know the SoCon's got this all these great programs and it's just more prestigious than the Big South but continuously every year the Big South meets the SoCon in the playoffs and everyone sees what happens so I'm very excited to see it again you know I mean East Tennessee State they're a great football team you look at a guy like Tyler Rydell their quarterback had a great year he had a great game against Mercer where they pulled off that last second victory 26 for 29, 265 yards and three touchdowns. No picks. Pretty good. No, I mean, Pretty look, look that, that's that's mm-hmm. insane. Then Quay Holmes, you're talking about him earlier, a 1,500-yard rushing season, 25 carries, 132 yards and a touchdown. I mean, they they have some dudes, and they had some dudes when we played them too. But there is, there's a little bad blood there between, I think, the coaching staffs, the fans, everyone involved. So it's going to be that, – that makes for great rivalries. You saw it this last weekend, Alabama and Auburn. First overtime in Iron Bowl history, and now – we get to go and watch Kennesaw State go back to Johnson, Tennessee and play East Tennessee State. Can't ask for anything more. Could you imagine this game went to four overtimes? I was shaking at the end of the North Alabama game. I don't know what to do with 4 OT in the playoff. Look, I I don't think you could paint any better if it does, though. I'm just be honest. You know who would not be happy about four overtimes? Brian Bohannon. Oh, he would. He would be downright besides himself. But – I know these guys are going to come into this game on Saturday looking forward for an all-out dogfight, ready to go four quarters, more if necessary. Yeah. Let's hope not, yeah. but mm-hmm. more if necessary. And the game plan going into this game is probably going to be something a lot similar to what we saw in uh, 2015. Yeah. Because even though ETSU sees option from – uh, who in the SoCon? They used to see Citadel. Citadel. Okay. Citadel. Wafford's burned the boat. They burned the boat. So it's still not going to see anything that close to the option attack that we bring. So coming into this game on Saturday, it's a lot like they had to do in 2015. They're turning the page back to the things they used to prep for those games. But for us, it's like, hey, we've we've played enough teams in the SoCon. We, we have a pretty darn good idea of what they're going to come in and try to do. And on top of that, so ETSU – in their favor, they're very fortunate they got that by and was able to practice that option for an extra week. That was the one thing that I, I thought, well, no matter what, they're going to rep the option. Yeah. At, yeah Kansas Davidson State and Davidson, they run yeah. it different, but they're going to rep the option for extra week. Yo. On the season, ETSU is averaging per game 239.9 rushing yards, 200.6 passing yards. So a very balanced, a very successful offensive attack. Defensively, they're giving up just under 131 rushing yards a game and 244.2 passing yards for a team you mentioned over a 1,400-yard rusher. Starting quarterback that's thrown for 16 touchdowns this season compared to just three interceptions. An efficiency rating of 147.25. 16 touchdowns and three picks. That means he is a smart decision maker. And they spread the ball around. Leading receiver, Will Huzzy, with four touchdowns. Malik Murray has scored five times. They have a couple other players with two touchdowns. Isaiah Wilson and Juwan Martin with three scores. So they distribute the football amongst their playmakers. Kennesaw State will have to have all 11 ready to go on each side of the football. Yeah, and I'm looking right now. They're all about some shootouts. You look at their games. They can put up points. They like to give up some points, too, though. 
They beat Sanford 55-48. They beat Wofford 27-21. They uh, 27-20 VMI Mercer 38-35. Western Carolina 56-35. I mean, this is going to be a fun game to watch. Kennesaw State and ETSU Saturday at 2 p.m. We'll have it for you on the KSU Owl Network. You can watch it on ESPN+. Coming up next, we'll visit with Cole Loden here on Inside the Nest. Today tastes like movie night. Okay, whose turn is it to choose? And everyone's favorite hit, pizza and Coke. Today tastes like front row seats for all. Like cushions and popcorn. And counting the seconds. Today tastes like a slice of the action. Like we belong here and now. And it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola. Together tastes better. Welcome Cole Loden as he gets set to take on East Tennessee State, the Owls and the Bucks this Saturday at 2 p.m. Cole, we visited with you in the beginning of the season. Now we get to catch up at the end of the season. Has it gone by in the blink of an eye? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really flown by and hitting really fast, just in awe every time coming out here to the practice field and games because you never know when it's going to be your last, and it really flew by. So really taking everything not for granted and really just thankful every time I touch the field. So, yeah, it's flown by. Well, last week you got to face an option team. First time you probably looked at the options since we <laughs> talked before in, in preseason camp. How different was that uh, going back to what you see to start out the season every year? Yeah, I was really excited that I could hit someone running the option other than my best friend. So uh, <laughs> that was awesome. They did have some wrinkles, so it, it slowed us down a little bit. But, um, yeah, absolutely. It was so much fun um, playing the option this week and definitely like is going to benefit us with this heavy run offense this week so uh yeah it was a lot of fun well we haven't spoken to you since you won the big south championship so one congratulations thank you two what kind of emotions and thoughts did you have afterward being a senior and, and having gone from a championship to missing out and then helping lead this team back to a title wow um yeah i mean so I came in as a red shirt, and we won it for the first time ever. And then my last year, we won it. So that in itself was just amazing. Like coming in to the Big South for me personally and winning it and then leaving it as a champion was just amazing. And then it meant so much more um, with the relationships I've made with the coaches and the players. Um, this one was truly special. I think I took it for granted last time. Obviously, I was happy. Um, but this time, just uh, no words to describe that moment. Um, just like with my friends, like some of my best friends out there on the field, I'm um, just enjoying it with them um, and taking in every single moment. And then where I've come from, from freshman year to like now as a senior, it meant the world. But yeah, still work to be done though. Hey man, yeah, no, I told you whenever I saw you talking back after the game, congratulations. I'm, I was super happy for you guys because doing it for yourself, like you said, you do kind of take it for granted whenever it gets done, like by the seniors and everybody, you're a red shirt, you know, it's different. Yeah. But y'all got y'all did it on y'all's own, man, that's awesome. Super happy for y'all. Me, Brandon, all the OGs, we were very happy for y'all in our group messages too. So it was cool to see that and see you guys celebrate, get a little taste of it. Kind of going off of that though, how bittersweet was it having your last game at the bank last weekend with a big win in a playoff game? You know, I didn't really even think about it going into the game until Coach Bo in the pregame speech was, like, laying it out for us. He's like, these y'all seniors, like, y'all are undefeated at home this season, and this is your last time in the bank. 
and it just like really hit me hard um riding that bus over like man this is my last time riding the bus the owl walk this is my last time doing the owl walk in my suit seeing my family and then last time touching the field um so yeah definitely bittersweet definitely emotional at the beginning of the game happy when we got the win but yeah it, it was it was emotional seeing my family after the game and um they didn't even think about it either that was my last time in the bank until i told them after but yeah, it, it was bittersweet. Yeah, man. Yeah, and then on top of that, I guess I'm just going with emotional questions today. How has everything, uh, the motion, everything been in the locker room going back to East Tennessee State? I know you guys weren't here for that, but I'm sure the coaching staff has spoken to it. You know, that's where we got our first win. That's where we kind of set the tone for everything building this program. So what's that been like, you know, being, getting prepared to go back up there and play? Yeah, so we don't really have the ties that y'all did to East Tennessee State, but, you know, Coach Bo can – show his emotions pretty well and he's made it pretty clear how important this game is and uh, the passion he has behind it and then I have experience playing the Southern Conference so yeah there's a definitely a lot of emotions going into this game obviously it's just the next game but with East Tennessee State with y'all's first game and then I'm pretty sure he said we didn't win the last time we played them we didn't um, beat us so yeah we definitely need to bring uh, break that tie the one and one so yeah definitely uh, more emotions going into this game heck yeah man all right, Cole, so I'm going to start off with a little bitter point. So you got to do something I didn't get to do. You get to win your last game at fifth third. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just from – I remember the last time I walked out of that stadium, just like being able to just look back on the, my five years there at Kennesaw and everything I was able to go through and just how much I changed as a player. For you, I remember when you guys came in y'all's freshman year, how do you feel like you've personally changed for, as a player, as a leader? Or just what do you feel like your biggest evolution as just as a person has been over your time here at Kennesaw? Yeah, this was something I was talking about with my roommate, Jake Laster, with it being his last year here. And unfortunately, he didn't get to play in that game due to injury. But um, we were just looking back and over our five-year journey here, um, we we realized, like, as freshmen, like, football was everything. And now, towards the end, we were like, man, like, the impact people have made in our lives and the impact we've made on others, it's so much bigger than football. And as a leader, yeah, I've grown as a leader, but so much as just as a man and, like, my relationships with others and just my relationship with Christ, like I've just become so much bigger than football for me now, like as a senior, which is like I'm so grateful for and didn't really figure out till this year. Definitely like over the past five years, I've learned more than I ever thought I would. Um, but just growing, growing myself as a man and like being able to love others better and just be thankful for each moment. This year has definitely taught me a lot in itself. So. And one, more, one other question I have for you is just, Going forward into this game against ETSU, I know you mentioned that you guys don't have, like, the ties that we did to it. But one one thing I want you to just try to ask Coach Bo or anybody when you get the opportunity, <laughs> what was the reaction after the touchdown in overtime at the end of that game? <laughs> oh. you, you ask any of those guys okay. about that moment, <laughs> and you're going to get a fire that it just – make sure you do it after practice. Yeah, Let me make sure say, you give, give you that know. now. <laughs> do it after yeah, practice. I'm kind of scared to ask that question. <laughs> to, to <know. laughs> but um, just building off that, so I, I know all these coaches are going to be hot going to this game. They're going to because one for all the, all these guys that were here for that last game, they're going to write the ship, so to speak. And I know for all of you guys, this is just a means to an end, the next step on the journey. So continuing on towards this championship run that we're on right now, what do you want to do for your for you and your teammates just to help? get everybody mentally ready for this game on Saturday? I think the main thing once you get to the playoffs and being in the playoffs of four, you don't want to make it bigger than it is. It's just the next game, and it's just a new opponent. Um, so I think just not 
making the stage. Like, it is a big game. It's win or go home. But just making sure those younger guys, like, hey, you're doing what you've been doing your whole life. You're playing the game of football that you love. Um, go out there and have fun. Don't make it bigger than it is. Um, just making sure those younger guys, like, settle in uh, in the game and don't make it bigger than themselves. So I think that's the most important thing is to talk to your teammates and settle them down. Yeah, and I think that's you. You're one of those guys on this team that's going to be just be a key, have a key role in doing that because I know personally, like you are one of those those rock mentality guys on the team. So going in on the field on Saturday, there's going to be a lot of guys looking towards you. I know you're going to be looking towards a lot of other guys. Just hold it down. Hey, more power to you. Do what you got to do on Saturday and come home with a dub, man. Yes, sir. So far this year, and I mean we're in the playoffs now. Who in the secondary has stood out to you from day one now into the playoffs? Um, that's not yourself. <laughs> Me. Man, um, mm, I would say Markeith has really stood out. He's always been a great player for our defense at corner um, and then made the adjustment going to safety this year. Uh, a lot of people not knowing if he's going to be able to do it with his size or lack of experience at safety. He played in high school, but um, just him moving into that safety position this year and being such a solid guy on our defense um, it's just incredible, and he's definitely a guy that, like, even in practice and games keeps me calm and someone I can go to for help outside of football. Um, so definitely, like, really impressed with him. Being able to be elite at the Division One level at corner and safety is pretty impressive. What's it going to take on Saturday to pull out plank? Um, honestly, I think the linebackers are going to be the ones getting plank. Uh, they're a heavy run offense, and they pride themselves in the run. We pride ourselves in stopping the run. So. I think those linebackers and D-linemen are going to go hunt and try to get the ball out. But, um, yeah, whenever those play actions come or drop back passes, hopefully we can get them out of the run and get them passing a little bit more. So uh, I, I got my money on the linebackers if Plank comes out this week. So funny that you asked that, Jordan, because when we spoke to you at the beginning of the season, it was before Reinhardt, and we asked you who's going to get Plank first. And you said yourself, and it wasn't cocky. It was like, i got to have confidence in myself. Yeah. Well, it was a linebacker. Welton Spotsville had it to begin with. So if he comes up with another Sports Center top ten interception, we're going to become asking you every single week <laughs> what your pick is here for playing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit more about ETSU from what you've seen and, and what you've gathered here early on. I know they're they're really high run powered offense. Have two running backs that are have a lot of accolades this season, and just a lot of chirping going back and forth on social media. So I've heard uh, of like how how well they are at the run and like this and that and how great their backs are and how confident they are and SoCon champs and everything like that and then Big South versus SoCon um, you got that rivalry there so yeah I, I know it's going to be a challenge but it's something we're prepared for it's something our defense personally since I'm a defensive player that's what we're prepared for is to stop the run um, so that's definitely going to be a goal going into it like I said just treat it like another game attack it like another game great mindset Cole best of luck against the Bucks. thank you so much At Fifth Third Bank, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Just look at our name, Fifth Third. Five-thirds equals 166.7%. So, according to the laws of mathematics, we are obligated to put 166.7% into everything we do. From our great customer service, to our security solutions, to providing you access to over 45,000 fee-free ATMs nationwide. This is banking a Fifth Third better. Learn more at 53.com. Fifth Third Bank, member FDIC. Welcome back into the final segment of Inside the Nest before the Owls face the Bucks this Saturday at 2 p.m. The crew stays around, so does Cole Loden, the senior DB for the Owls. Jordan, as always, hit us with Would You Rather. All right, fellas. Uh, I was excited for this one because I don't know how you guys are going to answer it. Would you rather 
fly a damaged airplane. <laughs> no. Or drive the world's slowest boat. <laughs> world's slowest boat. Done. Done. How damaged is the airplane? That's what I was about to ask. Like, have you ever seen, have you ever seen the movie Flight? Yes. Oh, God. No, not, not like that. Okay, I was like, like, he's got to like, invert okay, the bird? So, like, you can fly it, but you're sputtering. But but it flies. It flies. So, okay. like, it's a guarantee it's not going to crash? I'm not making that guarantee. Oh, man, you got to so, take the boat then. Okay, so when you say sputtering, am I like... <laughs> 10,000 feet up sputtering, or am I like a couple oh. hundred off the ground? No, this like, is like Brandon, a pilot. If you no, take anything like a pilot. the boat, I'm going to be shocked. Look, hey, I'm, I'll risk it if I'm trying to get somewhere quick enough. Michael <laughs> Pitts would take the plane. This is like <laughs> this is like a two-seater pilot plane. Like, it's a small one. You can't even get up to 10,000 feet with that. Nope. Ejector boat, seat? Boat, 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 boat. Ejector boat. seat. Ejector seat? Oh, that's like, a, like that's going to cost you. Just like <laughs> I mean, come, but ejector okay, seat. Okay, I'll give you an ejector seat. Sure. How, how many other <laughs> modifications <laughs> are we going to put on It's not going to be damaged by the time we put all these things on it. I'd love to hear I can help you out with your decision. Thank you, Cole. I'm going to say with the damaged airplane, just because the scenery and you're up in the sky and it's going to be beautiful. And this is why I'm going to tell you guys to do it. So I wrecked my jet ski one time. Um, just completely, like, jumped a sandbar on it. Not intentionally. I was, I was going too fast, didn't see it. And it wouldn't go, like, it was literally, like, putting. And, like, wouldn't go above, like, two miles an hour. So you got to think, in this slow boat, you're going two miles an hour wherever you got to get to, and you're getting baked by the sun. I had the worst sunburn. I was out in the water for, like, four hours trying to get back to the dock. Ugh. Didn't have any cell service out there. So you got to take into the factors, like, you're on the water. Like, that's nice, and I love the ocean. But you are getting sunburned, and you, like, it, it, it just sounds so much better just, like, taking it all in up from, a, like, a sky view, like, looking at everything. Like, I would like that, like, being up in the air for a while, but – Getting sunburned on that jet ski again is something I will never do again, so I choose damaged airplane. Yeah, Cole, how did you grow up next to the ocean? You said you never like never caught a fish. You're terrible at fishing. <laughs> you wrecked a jet ski. Yeah, a lot of life lessons. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh man. Well, okay, so so he's got plane. I've got boat. Jordan. Uh, you, so, so you got boat. I'm taking plane. Plane. Taking plane, baby. Boat. I'm taking the boat too, just because like the boat's not gonna sink. I'm okay. But here's here's also my thought about it. First of all, I'm gonna brag on my dad a little bit. He could fly that plane for me safely, and there's nothing. I mean, I'm good. I could just sit by it. But also, I can just fix that plane up at a later time. Yeah, I gotta fly it, and it's a modification. I'm also throwing in there. It's like the six one. But I'm taking the so plane you get once to again. Keep it like you like this is. Stuff Jordan's also never been on a boat. Yeah, oh, I've never, yeah. This guy's never yeah. Come on. I never saw a boat. Yeah. So what's there to gain for me to be on the world's slowest boat? My experience will be totally ruined. I'm going with the plane. 100%. Every time I'm on a boat, I'm relaxing, though. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not in a rush. I have a really dark skin complexion, too, so I'm okay. I'm not going to get toasted like uh, I'm like burned. Cole. Yeah. We, we'd be out there for 15 minutes and yeah, toasted, turn into strawberries. That's a plain that's a plain sort of reason to go, go <laughs> no, for that one. I, I don't trust little planes. Nope. Okay. Right. Me and Barkley on the boat. Yeah. Got a fun story for you later if you don't and trust And we're not burning planes. that. <laughs> okay. We're not burning We're not burning We're not burning that But I'm not taking it either. <laughs> okay, so Cole, the last segment here is fact or fiction. Barkley will read off two statements. One will be fact, one will be fiction. Gotcha. Just wait till he says both, and then you can make your choice. All so right. you don't have to go first. I'll yeah. go first. Oh, I'll you're be the guinea go pig. first. All right, here we go. Don't be about golf or space. It's, it's not. gonna be. I made you sure. No, know. I made sure it's not. Hold on, real quick. Scoreboard. I don't remember what who's. And I know I, I got. I got it wrong. I, I you got too. it wrong. Yeah. You got it wrong. You too? tied so, up something. So me and Sut with six, and then you have five. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Okay. It's okay. You're probably tied with Barkley. Barkley's yeah. fast. <laughs> That's okay. why I'm asking the questions. I did you, in the race. Cole, did you play this last time? 
I did not. Oh, I think we man. started this right yeah, after. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, here we go. The first one. Mr. Potato Head was the first toy to be advertised on television. And then number two is Coca-Cola is the most consumed manufactured drink in the world. I know, I picked two good ones. That was surprising. I love always the ten seconds of silence before we answer. Mr. Potato Head is true, and Coca-Cola is false. I'll help you out, Sut. You're you're struggling here. I'm also going to go with that because I think water. Is the most manufactured. I'm gonna help you out with this. Drink JG. It says most consumed manufactured drink in the world. Water manufactured drink in the world. Yeah, so you put Dazani in a bottle. That's, that's Coke. Water, water, not, water does you're talking not about they this. make it. Water okay, does okay. Not all right. Well, Dasani's also in Coke. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. But but yeah, you're talking Coca-Cola. about the drink. It's, it's not yeah. like it's, Come on, I'm thinking. Son. I was thinking there's a lot of divisions. Coca-Cola. Yeah. Right. You got all these different Cokes. Y'all, great. Yeah. I was just. I always think next level with Water's not fair. Water's out. Okay. All of you are just telling me what I need to think. I don't like that, so I'm going to go against you. That's fine. I was just trying to <laughs> throw that out there. Out of just plain curiosity, well, not curiosity, but I'm just so sure Mr. Potato Head wasn't the first toy advertised on television. So, Actually, no, I think he was. Yeah, I'm going to go with that one's true. I, I'm <laughs> I can't also, think of anything before that. I'm also going to go with that because I think the Coke one is just too obvious. That's like, oh, yeah, Coke is the most popular drink. I mean, people in the South just refer to everything as a Coke, apparently. I call it pop, but I'm a weirdo, I guess. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You are a weirdo. Yeah, this yeah, this is a big deal. People, Cole, yeah. Jordan's from Kansas. Yeah, I don't like pop. Why yeah, I took the plane as well <laughs> explains the, the no boat for me as well. All right, Cole, what's your pick? Well, I obviously have to go against y'all. That way, if it's wrong, I am right. So, um, <laughs> And I think if a like a doll or like a Barbie counts as a toy, I feel like that would be – aired on television before Mr. Potato Head. So I'm going to go with Coke. Okay. This fact. Okay. Well, unfortunately, Cole, ah. you are incorrect. <laughs> Mr. Potato Head was, in fact, the first toy to be advertised on television. That was pretty cool. I didn't know that. I don't what know. year does it say? No, it doesn't, unfortunately. Okay. I will look it up. Let's go back and watch commercials until we find <laughs> it. What's, what's, <laughs> the most, what's the most manufactured drink in the world? Tea. Yeah, ah, see? see? Exactly. How about I wasn't that? far off with water. It's like, shocking, it's simple. Tea? Like, yeah. Talking sense. about some Mickey D sweet tea? <laughs> 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 hey, hey no, nah, nah, it's, it's gas. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Arizona uh, teas, huh? No, nah, it's Mickey Mc, McDonald's sweet tea is the best. And the last time I had it was with you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that McDonald's, McDonald's trip. Big South okay. Media Day? <laughs> yeah, we got to tell the story. So um, oh we leave gosh. Big South Media Day, and we get stuck in Greenville traffic. And we're like, all right, we'll stop at the next one and, like, get off and get food. And then we try to circumvent Greenville traffic. We get off the highway twice. And then we're, like, still looking for food, and there's nothing there. And then we get to the next point, we said, darn it. Just like your hat, darn it. Me, Cole, Isaac, and Coach Bo, next stop, we're going to go get food. The only thing there was a McDonald's. <laughs> the so best part <laughs> is the whole time we're in traffic, and Coach Bo is not being patient at all. Like, he's getting grumpy and hangry, and he's blaming Nolan for everything, for not driving faster. And he's like, I'm in traffic, and then we can't find anything. And he's like, Nolan, what are you doing? Like, he's just blaming everything on Nolan. And then oh, it's gosh. not even a legit McDonald's. It was, like, part of a gas station, yeah, like, like store. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I've had oh. McDonald's once since then, and it was so underwhelming. Really? It was awful. Just not the same crowd with you. No. I mean, and what's your, we what's pro- your you probably weren't as hungry as we were going into that. <laughs> I was not as hungry. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have believe that. So, Cole, we got to ask you this one question. Do you remember on the flight up to 
Robert Morris. Robert Morris about the flight attendant saying go owls. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. What was she trying? Like it was like every time like, yeah. I was like it's getting worse. We can't <laughs> stop talking about and it. We talk said, about it all the yeah, time. Yeah, she said something about like, "Oh, this is how we say it in Chattanooga." It's like owls. Yeah. Owl. <laughs> D'Angelo Hardy was sitting right beside us, and he goes, yeah, I'm from Chattanooga. That's not how we say it. <laughs> it was so awkward. She kept trying. We were like, all right, kill, kill, kill. And then she also kill, tried to, kill. like, slip jokes into it. Like, yeah. oh, no small children. You guys are football players. You shouldn't have small children. Just read the pamphlet. <laughs> Come on. Let's get this thing on the road. I'm glad it wasn't just us. We, we do talk about no, that way too much. Everybody was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> Cole. Thanks for joining us, bud. Best of luck against ETSU this Saturday, and um, we'll, we'll give you a second shot at Factor Fiction in the future, okay? okay when the off-season competition, we'll welcome yeah, you back. please, in. please. All right, for Cole Loden, Barkley Miller, Brandon Sutton, Jordan Griffin, I'm Nolan Alexander. We'll see you in Johnson City this Saturday.